Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. About all your pet queries, and we have already questions coming in. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you, Martin. I should say. I wanted to say good morning to you. Morning. Good morning to you, Martin. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thanks very much, Alan. I have a question for you straight away. Um, and it comes from a listener who has a three-month-old male chihuahua and finds the skin a bit dry. He doesn't like the cold as he has a smooth hair type. Could I just add a tiny drop of extra virgin olive oil once a day to his food? Thank you and happy Christmas. That's the first question in for you. Um, yeah, no, that's an interesting one because we do see it a lot. Um, sometimes more in older dogs that the cold quality can become a little bit brittle and dry. There's no issue with adding a little bit of um, extra virgin olive oil, but you mightn't find the best response with that. The best response for the skin is omega omega 3 and omega 6, and they tend to be fish oils. So you can get that as a liquid supplement to put on the the food, um, or sometimes people might give um, a little bit of sardines onto the onto the food. But again, just know your pup. If it's a young pup and you're not sure, will that upset his stomach a bit? You're better off just get the the omega-3 and 6, it's called salmon oil, and, and you put that onto their normal nose. That might be reduced risk of any irritation to the tummy. Yeah, because um, I know omega-3 and, and sardines are very good for all of us, aren't they? Not just for pets. Absolutely. Same yeah. with people, yeah, for, for kind of nail nail quality and, and, and for healthy skin and hair. So yeah. the same applies to dogs. Um, and it's a remarkable, even just do that for two or three weeks and you'll see a change. Um, you'll see a big change in it. There are certain skin conditions. You can, with young pups, get um, a bacterial infection on the skin. Um so if it isn't improving within a couple of weeks, go see your vet. Sometimes they might need a medicated wash uh, or they might have a little kind of secondary fungal infection on the skin that, that the wash might be needed to clear. Uh, so again, if the dog isn't, isn't itchy, um, go with your, your omega-3 fish oil. If the dog is scratching or itching a lot and the skin is dry, definitely go make sure that there's nothing else underlying. We mentioned before uh, there's a little mite called Demodex in young pups that can cause an intense itch of the feet and that's always important to rule that out. Um, if, if you're dealing with dry or itchy skin. Joan Kelly has just messaged in by WhatsApp. I would like to wish Martin, Richard and all the staff a very happy Christmas. Oh, uh, she's very good. Joan's a good client of ours. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Joan. She says, you've always looked after her pets and only recently you saved her little dog Rosie's life. What happened? Can you share that with us? What What happened to, to little Rosie's life? I would love that. And unfortunately, John, we just have to be careful with GDPR. Right, okay. We can't discuss any cases, but I, I yeah. appreciate the text offer, yeah. All right. I, I totally understand you can't be compromised. Anyway, Joan is very grateful for what you've done. Um, I have a cocker spaniel, nine months old. He seems to find it so hard to settle himself for a nap or even to settle with a toy or anything. He's always been the same from a small puppy. Is there anything that would help him relax and chillax? He does sleep all night, and that comes in from Eileen. Very active. They're, they are an active animal. I used to have a cocker spaniel myself. So they are a very active animal, aren't they? Very active and need a lot of kind of stimulation. Uh, we mentioned before you kind of break it down into if if we think it's a little bit of anxiety. And now when we and when I say the word stress, people think, look, how could the dog be stressed? It has everything. But dogs can can suffer from anxiety with simple things like a change of routine, or maybe somebody was in the house is sick or somebody that's there has left or another pet has died. So it can be all simple things that you mightn't be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are definitely some good natural supplements out there. There's one we have called Stress and Anxiety, a capsule, a purely natural supplement to put on the food, and that's a really good one to start with. Um, or we mentioned before about these collars called DAP collars, and they release hormones that are these hormones that mothers release to their pups when they're uh, when they're young or impregnated into these collars and then that helps soothe dogs that suffer a little bit from anxiety. If we think it's under stimulation that they're literally just yeah. getting bored, 
uh, then we might need to look at things like food cons, ways of hiding food or treats in, in these toys, and then the dog has to work to get them out, and that can help distract and stimulate them. Are you telling me the dogs suffer from anxiety as well? Do they suffer from depression? Unfortunately so, yeah. yeah. And we, we see it a lot, and we sometimes don't think, but often with the rescue animals coming in, they might have come from, uh, you know, homes, unfortunately, where they might have been mistreated um, or maybe left out, and they'd be very, very shy, maybe, you know, of, it could be of men, depending on what's happened in the house, and we have to gradually, you know, reintroduce them and make them less fearful to, to simple noises, and, and there's, there's lots of different treatments out there for it, yeah. Yeah, seven-month-old pup pulls and drags everything around when left alone. How do I stop this? <laughs> yeah. Again, um, there, there will be lots of information online about that. Um, that that is under stimulation. When when you're gone out of the house, you, we need to look at kind of ways to try have the dog entertained. Um, sometimes it might be a case if, if he's an only pet, you might have to get a companion pet, and that can really settle him down. And if that's not possible, then has, you might have to look at um, dissociating the, the the period of when you leave the house. So often triggers for dogs. Uh, will be when they hear the rattle of the keys or the, or the front door bang, they know the owner's gone then. So you'll often have to look at putting music on in the background, getting the dog used to not really knowing when you are or aren't there. So having the dog maybe in a different room and content while you're in cooking the dinner, the dog's in the sitting room but the door is closed so he can't see you or hear you. Yeah. But, yeah, and yet he, but yeah, he kind of knows you're there and then you can pop in and then you'll gradually dissociate the fact from him when you leave the house tearing up everything because, you know, the tearing up the toys and the seats and all that is just, it's, it's a behavioural response to the anxiety of, of the separation. So We're coming up to Christmas and one element you really want to get out there is to avoid uh, certain foods for dogs and the big one is chocolate. That's a big yeah. issue, isn't it, for dogs? Uh, every year, yeah. I suppose, look, there, there are vets on. We're... We're uh, on call for emergency appointments, but it's the last person you want to be phoning on Christmas Day uh, is the vet saying, look, my dog has eaten a full box of milk tray or he's got into the, the, the box of roses. And, you know, when people are opening the toys, there's so much going on. There's food down, there's, there's lots of table food out, the turkey's out and all bits and pieces. So it can be easy for the, the pets to think, look, it's my time here to have whatever I want. But a couple of things, the chocolate's the big one because that's toxic to dogs and the cocoa, the dark chocolate is, is worse. So making sure if you are opening any sweets throughout the reach of the pets and then after Christmas dinner, not be tempted to go, oh, I'll give the dog some gravy or I'll give the dog some table food when they're not used to it because what will happen is they'll end up getting an upset stomach, probably vomiting and diarrhea and then you'll have to bring it to the vet and then you'll have the unpleasant <laughs> consequences of the vomiting and diarrhea around the house for a few days as well. So, yeah. uh, Raisin, uh, Raisins and alcohol, one. Martin. Raisins and alcohol, they're new ones to me. First of all, raisins. Yeah, raisins again in kind of Christmas pudding. And, um, they're toxic to dogs. They can, they can affect the kidney function. So I don't know. I put it out there. Would people be tempted to give the dog a bit of Christmas pudding? Um, and it all depends on the size of the dog. You must remember if you've got a 3kg Chihuahua versus a 40kg Labrador, your Labrador is probably going to be a decent mouthful of stuff and not have any major consequences, maybe a little bit of diarrhea. But your 3kg Chihuahua, uh, the proportion that he's taken in um, could be could be fatal, you know, could certainly cause yeah. severe damage to kidney function. All right. And, and alcohol, just making sure if people have a few drinks and they're a bit married, they don't think it's a good idea to give the dog anything that way. So um, dogs can't process alcohol and again, it's toxic for a kidney function. Have so. you ever had a situation where a dog has taken in alcohol and it's been brought to you? What sort of effect does alcohol have on a dog? 
Well, it will actually make the dogs <laughs> exhibit same symptoms as people, you know, wobbliness on the feet, falling over. Um, the only problem is for, for dogs, they can't process it through their kidneys and, uh, and, and therefore it can cause damage that way. So I, I, I think remember a case good few years ago, could be five or six years ago now, that a dog did come in and I think it, it was an accident. There was, there was cans of beer down and somehow the dog got into them and, and drank them. But we didn't realise at the time other than the dog had come in, fallen over and we were trying to figure out what was what was happening and we, we found out then that he got access to it so it's just making people aware of it you know that they might think they're, they're doing a funny thing or maybe being nice yeah. giving food from the table but there's consequences from it Finally you want to talk about walking in the cold or dark some safety measures to take uh, to keep warm and also to, to be safe and be seen yeah, so a lot of people will be travelling home uh, for Christmas. They might be out on country roads. Uh, you know, nice idea to get the dog out. Just being careful because because the evenings are so dark now, even from four half four onwards, to make sure that you have high vis jackets either on yourself but also on the pets, um, so they can be seen. Or often you can get the flashing lights to put onto the the, the dog coats now, so to just make them a lot more visible. And you know, the ice or the kind of the very frosty weather is cleared. But just in case if that comes back, we saw a few cases um, with the severe frost of, of uh, animals getting kind of uh, cold burns to their pads. So, you know, if you're walking your dog for maybe 45 minutes or an hour on icy uh, frozen ground, they can certainly get damage and cracking to the pads from that. Um, so if it is very frosty out, only a short walk um, and um, and just be, be careful and be seen. Um, the other thing I was thinking when people are buying maybe new collars for their dogs, be really careful. We often see in here when animals when animals are coming in that they can pull pull out of the collars because they're on too loose. So be careful if you're adjusting or buying new collars or harnesses that yeah. the dog can't get out of them if you're going off for your first walk. Um, and especially when it's very busy on roads, okay. uh, you know, that there's no accidents. Wonderful to talk to you. Christmas. Maybe dogs and cats and other pets may arrive, courtesy of Santa. What advice do you give to households welcoming a pet for the very first time? Again, we, we always try to keep it separated because it's a tricky time of year for, for training young pups, but making sure that, that everyone realises, you know, a pet is for life and uh, they're not just a toy. So that's really important and the most important thing to realise going forward that they're there and they're to be looked after regards of you know, establishing a routine for bringing them out to the toilet, feeding them and watering them and there's responsibility there and get, into, get involved in some puppy classes and get, get the pups socialised. Really important, we mentioned a while ago, we've seen some increase in cases with particular diseases like leptospirosis and parvovirus. So really important, you get your young pups that are fully vaccinated. Normally the pups will get their vaccines around 9 and 12 weeks. So um, if you're unsure about anything like worm and their vaccinations, talk to your local vet and they'll advise you on that. Well, I had a couple of comments wishing you well. We'll round off our chat today by a message from Kathleen Fitzharris, who's in Barntown, to say she would like to wish you and all the crew at O'Shea and Breen Veterinary, Bramley O'Shea and Breen Veterinary Clinic, a very happy Christmas and a prosperous New Year, and to thank you for all the help during the year. Talk to you in the New Year, Martin. Great stuff. Loved all the talks throughout the year. Thank you, Alan. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.